Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday the 6th of August 2023, 9.30 service. Liz Courtney speaking on Why I Am a Christian. Well, good morning, everybody. Now, the title of this talk is Why I Am a Christian. The answer is because I believe in God and his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. But why? do I believe? I told my husband, Mark, that Stephen had asked me to do this talk. Other people have interesting stories and crises and problems. I haven't had any. I didn't have a religious experience or a light bulb moment. But Mark said that I have always returned to my childhood faith. So that's the place to start. My childhood was based around my mother because my father was in the Merchant Navy and was away for about three quarters of the time. Here's a childhood photo of me. I was five and I'm, on, and I'm with my brother and my mother visiting my father on his ship. My father was a very reserved man who I saw rarely when I was growing up. He wasn't authoritarian at all but he was remote. He appeared to be someone who didn't seem particularly interested in me. Although I later recognized that to have been totally wrong. He was deeply interested and loving, but shy, even with his children. On the other hand, my mother was a very vivid, loving, ever-present character with whom I had a very strong bond of intimacy and affection. A few months ago, Stephen spoke about how our attitudes to God can be based on our experiences of parenthood. I had two different experiences of parenthood, and my idea or conception of God I can now recognize has veered between the two. But the love I was surrounded with and governed by at home has formed my idea of a loving God. I grew up in Pinner in Northwest London. We weren't a religious family, but my mother went to church, taking me and my brother with her, not every Sunday, but sometimes. I went to Sunday school for a little while when I was very young. I was held in the church on a Sunday afternoon. It was cold, the floor was hard. I didn't know any of the other children. We used to go to the early service on Christmas Day. It was at seven o'clock. And then we'd come home and have, bre have breakfast and open presents. I was confirmed and I can remember the confirmation classes. I remember learning and reciting the catechism and being shown the light in the Lady Chapel, which I think meant that God was there. It was a rather high church, but I'm afraid nothing else. I realized confirmation was a very important step. I thought I would feel different afterwards and I was disappointed that I didn't. But after that, I did begin to attend church fairly regularly. I also told God that I believed in him. Again, I didn't feel any different afterwards, so I said it a few times in case he hadn't heard. I wondered what being a Christian was all about, and I hadn't realized it was up to me to make the change. My faith was not very strong then, and when I went to university, I almost dropped it entirely. <clears throat> As, like so many others, I was busy enjoying myself and having new experiences. 
I was at Reading University, and I did try some of the churches around and some of the student organizations, but I didn't find any that made me want to give them a repeat visit. Then I moved to work in Bradford, and in my exploration of the city, I had a look at the cathedral and thought I'd go to a service there. It wasn't what I expected. I thought it would be rather a traditional, beautiful service. But at the cathedral, I found a welcoming community. At the time, the provost was Brandon Jackson, who had been a curate here at Christchurch. I joined their 18s to 30s groups. And here is a picture of some of us. I am front left. It was a long time ago. Fashions were different. <laughs> we used to meet weekly. A bit of Bible study, a meal, prayer, and a chat. They were the community I was looking for, I felt at home, and I'm still in touch with some of them. After Bradford, I wanted to travel and do some good in the world. So I applied to voluntary service overseas and was sent to the island of Dominica in the Eastern Caribbean. It is a very small society, with the majority of the population nominally being Catholic. Here I am on a veranda. I wouldn't describe the society as being religious, but religion played a very prominent role. Among my friends were an ex-nun who woke up one morning and decided God didn't exist, and a committed Christian who later became a Franciscan friar. We discussed religion, but not faith, and actual church going was rare. There was only one Anglican church in the town, and on first arriving, I went there, hoping to find somewhere to feel at home and some like-minded people. I didn't. Looking back, I think I didn't give the vicar much of a chance, but he was a very physically affectionate man, and I didn't think I wanted to give him much of a chance, <laughs> or any opportunity at all. So after a couple of Sundays, I didn't go back. I had taken a Bible with me. I bought a specially small one. At times, I did read it and did quite a bit of thinking, and I enjoyed my letters from my Bradford friends that reminded me of who I was. At Christmas, I went to the Catholic Church with everyone else in town. It was a very lively service. On my return to the UK, I had a series of temporary jobs and moved around a bit, different parts of London and also a while in Bristol. So where was God in my life? He popped in occasionally. And if I'd been asked, I would have said that I was a Christian. But I was busy and active and he didn't play a very large part in my life. And I know I can say this to you, my family here because I'm sure that many people have experienced times away from God. When I settled in Ealing, I did attend a church locally, but it didn't seem to offer activities that were appealing or appropriate for me. And in preparing this talk, I've concluded that although I talked to God, I didn't listen to him. I, found some, I did find some reassurance in remembering a sermon I heard once which said that one was converted initially to God and then to the church and then to the world. And I used to think, well, I got to stage one. But God knew what he was doing and he got my attention in the most traditional way. I met Mark, who is a devout Catholic. We fell in love and got married. 
And here is a photo of the happy couple at our wedding reception. We did talk about religion and decided that we only had a few differences in our beliefs. The position of Mary, what actually happens during communion, and the role of the Pope. They're important, but for us not divisive, as they don't diminish the role of Jesus Christ as our saviour. For our marriage preparation, we had meetings with the vicar at Pinner, where we were getting married, the Anglican clergyman who was going to marry us, who was Mark's friend, and the priest at Sacred Heart, which was Mark's parish. And it was he who gave me this book. We've done okay. Mark lived in Rains Park, so after we moved, after we married, I moved there, and I started to go with him to Sacred Heart. I enjoyed the quiet regularity of the services, the variety of people in the congregation, and the fact that the service was the same wherever we went in the world. At that time, Mark was working for the Foreign Office, and he was posted to South Africa. So we left for Pretoria with our son John, aged six weeks. Mark was extremely busy. I met no one else with a baby for six months, and I missed working. But I had John and Mark and his extensive religious library to browse, which I did. Mark found a church he liked, and when John was a little older, we both began to go. John was a good baby, and I would take him outside to play or to the crying room if he was restive. After a while, we met Paul and Mary Rose Tucson. Paul ran a men's group, which Mark joined, and I joined Mary Rose's mother's group. Initially, we followed a programme called Renew, which was intended to renew personal faith and parish life. It was very practical and encouraged us to think of things every week to put God's word into practice. We continued to meet after we had finished the Renew programmes. There was support for all the ups and downs of toddler life and acceptance and friendship based on our belief in God. We also went on a retreat with some of the Renew families. And I think it was there, surrounded by happy parents and children, that I realised the enormity of what God had done for us, for me, given up his only son. It also made me think about the nature of love. As a child, we accept it from our parents without thinking. As a parent, we pour it out to our child and are delighted to receive back any indications of love, time spent together or any efforts to please us. And it made me reconsider my relationship with God, my Heavenly Father. As a young woman living in Bradford in the era of the Yorkshire Ripper, and as a young white woman living in a small town in the West Indies, at times I had felt, and indeed had been, very vulnerable. Then I wasn't able to rely on God. I did ask for his help, but I wasn't able to believe he would help me when I needed it. But it was when I was pregnant with our second child that I learned to depend on God. Giving birth is so awful that I felt I couldn't do it again on my own. And it was this prospect that stopped me relying on myself and made me rely on God to help me. He did, and I was able to remain unworried beforehand and relatively calm throughout. Our daughter Anne was born, and when she was a few months old, I realised that I missed my Anglicanism, 
So I found a little thatched Anglican church, which I started to attend. I joined a group there also following the Renew programme. Must have hit South Africa. Which was an interestingly different experience. My younger, vibrant Catholic mothers were full of practical thoughts, whereas my older Anglican group seemed to lack the desire to bring Christ into their everyday lives. Here we are back in the UK. Before we married, I had agreed to support the children being brought up as Catholics, and I thought it was best to give them a solid background in one faith. So back in Wimbledon, we attended Our Lady and St. Peter, the Catholic Church by Tibbetts Corner. I joined a Bible study group there. And although we were a rather varied collection, we continued to meet until house moves and then death dispersed us. After quite a few years, I felt that the children were well launched into their Catholic lives and began to look around as I faced the Anglican dilemma. Which church? I tried most of them in Wimbledon, being rather Goldilocksy, and after quite a time at Emmanuel, settled on St Mary's. I liked the 1662 morning service, sang Evensong, and I went to their support group for those caring for people with dementia. I began to get to know people there, and then we moved to New Malden. Again, I looked around, but I liked Christchurch and felt at home. After a few months, I joined Connections, the Wednesday Bible study group for women, where once again, I have found my community. So that's the story of my Christian life, but we are left with the question, why am I a Christian? If I have spent a few minutes in the morning reading the Bible, praying, thinking, my day is better. I am more content. My faith, inadequate as it is, encourages me to take my own life and other people's lives seriously and stops me from continually living my life on a very trivial level. When I think of the sort of person I would like to be, I think of someone who is kind, loving, fair, forgiving, generous, honest, compassionate. Coming to church, learning about God, praying, spending time with God, they all help me to be that sort of person.